0: Water, earth, fire, air. Welcome to Bending the Elements. A production by the Novice Latest Podcast. With your hosts, Caleb and Isaac. podcast about all things avatar
1: here we are returning once again to bending elements and avatar podcast this time jumping over to book two chapter seven zuko alone
0: welcome ladies and gentlemen those in between and unaffiliated uh we're glad to be returning once again to this the series in this world
1: and i think this is one of the ones that really stands out in a lot of fans' minds for people's favorite episodes. I feel like Zuko alone comes up, you know. <laughs> you don't hear people mentioning like The Great Divide or something like uh, uh, maybe Avatar Day doesn't come up when people say favorite episodes, but Zuko alone.
0: Well, it's funny because you know why? Uh, both those episodes didn't have Zuko at all. So this um, in this episode, it's just Zuko alone.
1: Oh, he's saying perhaps he's a he's a fan favorite? i don't know i mean he's stuck around
0: for a long time so i feel like uh the the fans the audience is kind of you know wondering like hey what's gonna happen with this character like um we've seen some hints and teases and and mentions of like his past you know what's what's made this guy who he is like it's not like we haven't seen like we we got the the storm but that was said by uh, Uncle Iroh let's I feel like maybe we need to see like uh, do an introspective version of and put Zuko himself under a microscope when Uncle Iro doesn't have to speak for him and uh, tell him his backstory let's see what Zuko all alone
1: is like and before we jump into the episode itself and the summary I figure I should mention that this one was directed by uh, the frequent director Laura McMullen. Was also written by Elizabeth Welch Ehas, who I feel like we haven't seen in a little while. But no, she did either
0: the Swamp or Avatar Day.
1: Oh, okay. So I guess fairly recently, I, unless I'm wrong on that, I, I'm pretty sure she's done something recently. Sure. Well, I guess I'll jump into this summary here, and we begin this episode picking up on the solo adventures of Prince Zuko still trying to make his way without his uncle Iroh. Life on the road continues to prove hard for the banished Fire Prince, although he still tries to hold on to something of a moral code. He chooses not to steal from a family in need, and also not riding out two children who decide to throw an egg at some Earth Nation bullies he meets in a passing town. But after the thugs steal Zuko's feed for his ostrich horse as a punishment, one of the kids offers to take Zuko back to his house in thanks. We meet the boy's family, and learn that the kid's name is Lee, and that the thugs were a group of earth nation soldiers who are supposed to be protecting the town but have been extorting it instead lee's father tries to teach his son to be respectful of zuko's hidden past not to pry into business he might want to keep a secret but one night lee sneaks into the barn that zuko is sleeping in and borrows his sword so he can practice play with them but zuko wakes up and takes this opportunity to give lee a lesson in handling the weapons this is where we first hear of lee's older brother sensu the next morning the Earth Nation soldiers come to the farm and tell the family that Sensu was captured by the Fire Nation, and in fear, Lee's father says he's going to leave to try and help him. Lee asks if Zuko would stay with them when his father goes, but Zuko says no and gives him a blade Iroh had given him as a gift during his famous siege of Ba Sing Se as a goodbye present, and leaves them. A while later, Lee's mother finds Zuko on the road and begs for his help. After her husband had left, the soldiers came to the farm and tried to steal their food, And when Lee tried to fight back, using the knife Zuko gave him, they took him away, saying if he's old enough to fight, he's old enough to join the army. Zuko returns to the town to fight in Lee's defense. A battle ensues, and Zuko defeats most of them easily, but when their leader turns the fight into a bending battle, Zuko is overpowered. The town sees Zuko's fight and are inspired, but when he resorts to firebending to win the battle, and proclaims his identity to the town, Lee and the rest of them reject him, and Zuko leaves alone. But finishing out the main plot that brings us over to the other side of the episode which features flashbacks of zuko's childhood we see the toxic dynamic between zuko and azula and how his mother tried to stand between them at a meeting between the family and then fire lord azulon ozai allows azula to perform her bending abilities in front of their grandfather but after azula impresses him zuko steps up and tries to demonstrate his own abilities angering his father after he fails his attempt to impress the older man we see Ozai asking his father to remove Ira's birthright due to him abandoning his siege of the city after becoming disheartened at the death of his son, and instead allow Ozai to be the next in line for the Fire Lordship. is enraged at the suggestion. Later that night, Azula visits her brother and says that the Fire Lord's punishment was that Ozai slay his own son to match the loss his brother had at Ba Their mother finds them and takes Azula away to punish her for scaring him. The next morning... We discover that both Fire Lord Azulon and Zuko's mother were killed during the night, and now Ozai is suddenly taking over the role of Fire Lord. And during his swearing-in ceremony, Zuko looks on, sad for the loss of his mother and scared of his father, as Azula grins at Ozai's success. And we'll get into more of those details as we get into Zuko alone. Oh, but if you're over at uh, Timestamp Zero, I guess we'll jump into the episode proper.
0: Oh yeah, Get your legally, Lily purchased copies ready again. It's time to now. Oh, I already hit play. Oh no, how could you? <laughs> it's not like we're not in sync at all. These four benders are a part of a a, a traveling uh, um idol group. There you go. I think they call them Sham. I think <laughs> is the uh, the official name of their group. Add one more uh, letter in there, and it's shame. <laughs> yeah, I don't know these these guys are a pop idol group,
1: and uh. Whoever that Fire Lord at the end there was the uh, the manager.
0: Oh, golly. Could you imagine like a rock opera episode of this? Oh, rock opera series. <laughs> I, I think one episode would be like, okay, at that at best. Let's let's, let's be honest here. Whistler, son. Eight episode mini series. I'll take it. <laughs> Jeez. Okay. Previously on. Hey, they're wearing, the, uh, they're wearing the Muay Thai armbands. Although it might probably is comes from another culture, but I just know it from Muay Thai.
1: Ah, oh, who's this darkened figure whose face we can't see? Hmm. Doctor Claw, but he's got both hands. Yeah, it's interesting to see the previously on. We don't usually get this with Avatar.
0: Only we I, we first got it with um, the Blind Bandit, hmm. which was the previous episode. So yes, no. From here on out, episode seven, now Zuko alone. We we do the same thing, I guess.
1: Oh yeah, I guess we'll see in the next episode. Yeah, but yeah, we open up here with with uh, poor Zuko, he's looking pretty choked and he's looking pretty run down going through uh, this kind of desert landscape. He went through the Great Divide.
0: Calling (laughs) it right now. He went through the Great Divide. Wasn't great.
1: Yeah, the reason he looks so beat up was with those uh, spider uh, creatures.
0: Yeah, (laughs) those canyon crawlers. Yeah, Those those guys gave him him a run for his money, if he had any.
1: Yeah, tore up his hat and his outfit and stole his food, too. That's why he's looking so hungry as he uh, approaches someone Cooking some sort of meat. And, uh, yeah, starts thinking about stealing it. <laughs> this thieving routine.
0: Well, uh, no, 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 no. can't do that. Because you know why? It's the it's the ultimate universal uh, taboo. Not taboo. It's the it's universal moray. Of yeah. Never, never steal from a pregnant lady.
1: Yeah, we'd know if he if he stole from the, the pregnant lady, then we'd know this is Anakin. He's the ultimate uh, too, go, too far gone to be saved. Yeah, you
0: can't, yeah, no, no, no no you can't yeah you never you know no, like that's that's the scale that we measure on of like you steal from a pregnant lady then like oh you, something's on with you man yeah now she's an 85 year old pregnant lady i don't know about that
1: <laughs> but even looks at this point he's like ah crap i wish i could have robbed them <laughs>
0: Yeah, because, you know, his water skin's all out. I don't even know how his ostrich horse is faring. Like, I don't know if they have, they're like camels where they can like hold in a lot of water. <laughs> even this ostrich horse isn't looking really too good. You know what he could have done? He could have like, even though, I don't know how he would have done it, but he could have at least like gone to that river and gotten some water. It didn't look like it was contaminated at all. His, his, his mount, his beast of burden could have like gotten some water. You know, everything would have been fine. I, I don't even
1: know. Yeah, maybe the ostrich horse can fly. Could fly down there and get a sip ostriches don't fly <laughs> hey this is a different type this horse combination that's,
0: that's true that's true that's uh, I, I mean chocobos don't fly either and this is clearly looking like a chocobo but yeah um uh their cousins the flamingos do but that's i guess that's an even species of this planet i have no idea but i wonder what at, uh like uh 225 224
1: what uh what happened with all those rings oh yeah i was looking at those i was like hmm are these like uh maybe like earth, earth, bending like cannons. They fire these guys off pretty much. It's like the equivalent
0: to those trebuchets and, uh, mm. scorpions that the, um, fire nation has, uh, when they launch their, um, flaming rocks at opponents on the, uh, when the, they're in the Navy, but, uh, th- oh, 33.
1: Mm. Who's that? <laughs> Yeah, I was gonna say. Speaking of, who's this or what is this? Yeah, who's that? Hmm. Never seen her before. Someone in a black void. Hmm. She goes into a black void. Yeah. Uh. She goes into the black hole. Yeah. Where's Ernest Borgnine? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Where's uh Perkins from uh, Psycho? What's his name again? <laughs> Anthony Perkins. There we go. Anyway. <laughs> oh, he was in that. I didn't know that. Yeah, he is. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, but as suko He's starting to. He's starting to kind of fade away. He's, he's almost starting to pass out. Like we said, he saw that sort of black void with some strange woman. Luck would have it. He comes across the town very shortly after that. So save himself from some real trouble. But. Oh, two forty-two. 242.
0: He comes across a town. No, not if it's filled with scum and villainy, but he would have hmm. to tread on to see if that were the case.
1: Definitely some gamblers at the very least.
0: So. are you sure about that like we don't really know that until we get into the town
1: well i I've, around that same time we saw them throwing some
0: dice so well there you go 202 02, snake eyes guys gambling there you go there you go he's got dice now are those weighted dice or not that's my question I got to say, if he's oh. an earthbender, those are earthbending dice, or those those oh. or those dice are made out of earthbenders, I'd be, uh, I'd be a little suspicious of there whether or not he's uh, they're weighted or not, or if he's uh, manipulating them to land on the side okay. he wants to. I don't know. Maybe he should be using metal dice. Not like these guys can metal bend at all. Or bend metal, excuse me.
1: Oh, but I'll mention this right off the bat, because this uh, Zuko coming in, seeing these guys and trying to get the feed. Right off the bat, I feel like this episode kind of has a sense of like a Western to it. And I feel like, yeah, this kind of lone rider coming into town and there being some sort of problem that he has to eventually kind of take on is a pretty big trope in Westerns, so. I don't know if you're a big Western fan, but I certainly am, so that kind of immediately kind of warms the cockles of my heart, as it were. (laughs) You could say it's a Western.
0: You can also say it's a samurai flick,
1: Or you could almost
0: state that both genres are one and the same. Yes. And (laughs) or have influenced one and the other. In fact, take a lot of references, or at least ideas and shots from each other at a golden age of cinema. I don't know.
1: And depending on the time period, one influences the other, and then it influences the other, and back and forth, back and forth.
0: (laughs) It was almost a respectable game of... Who references who, and in, in fact, and who elevates the other, and who tries to remake the same movie
1: but for a different audience. Yep. Cough, who uh, knows? Cough, cough. The Magnificent Seven. Who <laughs> knows? Um, you do
0: wonder. Like, <laughs> that's what the Magnificent Seven should have been. That re- that remake from a few years ago. That really should have been like they had just like r- instead of. They just gone whack. They could have just done like samurai and cowboys at once.
1: Oh, boy. Yeah, I don't know. That might have been uh, a little bit too far of a concept for him. Might have gotten silly. Well, here's, but here's the other thing it's in space. Or it's, well, the there you go. There you go. Now it's so, a little too silly. <laughs>
0: uh, I, I think audiences would watch any, you know, garbage nowadays. Any, okay. So, all right. Uh, <laughs> it's not, uh, let's get back on topic here.
1: Yeah, we're not talking about the Netflix uh, Avatar series yet. No, that's horrible. I don't know anything Shots about that series. Fired. <laughs>
0: Goodness gracious me! Shots fired. That's horrible. Still on this day, haven't heard much at all about that. No, uh, nor are you the Avatar Studios.
1: So uh, yeah, it's been it's
0: been a year or so.
1: Yeah, shocking that we've done this podcast for so long and there's been like no information at all. Weird. Makes you wonder what's going on there. but I'm just assuming both are in
0: production. I mean, hey, it was only this year. I guess last year as well, but this year when they finally like, released a trailer for the next Avatar movie. Did they release it this year? Yeah, on Doctor Strange. Oh, the other... Av- oh, come on. <laughs> James Cameron's Avatar.
1: Oh, how confusing. But
0: Does this mean we have to put that on this channel?
1: <laughs> no, it, d- it definitely doesn't. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Oh, but um, yeah. So we see Zuko; he's kind of starting to fade a little bit from the hunger and the thirst. So he arrives in the town, goes right to a feed shop. But unfortunately, as he's standing in line trying to get his food, we see these little punks, these little kids throw some eggs at these gambling uh, hooligans, hooligan men.
0: You don't know that they've they've done that. They're just they're just like maybe gentlemen. Who knows? Like we we can't assume. You can't always judge a book by its cover. You can't always assume that, you can't assume that, like, you know, them gambling means that they, like, they're automatically, like, scoundrels. Well, they got kind of a rowdy energy to them. They seem like they would be an untrustworthy, uh, group. At the at the time you mentioned that, though, the, the guy with the hammers did give, uh, Zuko a look.
1: Yeah, and they're all dressed a certain way. Well, as soldiers, I guess. Yeah, why don't they have their own unique style that makes some weirdos, you know? That is fair. So I wouldn't trust anyone. If I saw a group of people and they were all wearing the exact same clothes... I immediately would be distrustful of them. And that's the truth. <laughs> so, yeah, the these guys to get the eggs to the back of their heads, and Zuko's the only one standing there, so of course they can assume it's Zuko that did it. And I like Zuko's response. He's just completely like neutral. He's like, nope, wasn't me. Like, leave me alone. So I think that works.
0: Yeah, no, um, it was one egg and He's like, ah, oh, you know, maybe a chicken fell over you guys or flew over you guys and dropped a bunch. And one of them smirks and laughs at that. And obviously, the, the gang leader didn't like that, or the soldier in charge didn't like that. Um, and also didn't like the fact that Zuko flashes iron, uh, it being his swords. <laughs> they don't have revolvers in this place, so there's not gonna be any meaning in time. But as you know, Zuko, you know, tries to, even though he's going neutral, there's still kind of a low-key uh, animosity there. of just like, listen, just doing my thing, but I'm also going to act a little grumpy towards you. You show me anger, I'll show you my anger. Um, and so once he tries to get his feed, even though he wanted a hot meal as well, I don't know why he'd want on a hot meal in this hot weather, but um, does the uh, soldiers confiscate said materials for the army? Mm.
1: <laughs>
0: yes, scumbags.
1: I like how the shop owner, he was right there. He witnessed the whole thing. Doesn't even offer some sort of reimbursement. He's just like, well, too bad. I mean, those guys are supposed to protect the town, but they've just been robbing us blind. So I guess he robbed you too and go on your way. (laughs) Yep. I mean, you could
0: say like guys got barely anything and... Yeah, I mean, I guess you could. Uh, at least you could do is say like, "Hey, maybe uh, if you do something over here, you do something over there." You could mm-hmm. probably like, I can reimburse you in some form or another. Uh, maybe not like entirely, but let's just say that things might happen where you get a hot meal. Your 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 uh, ostrich horse gets a meal as well. You know, things might work out. But obviously, he doesn't do that. So, whatever. Um, what he does run into though is uh, the kid who started the whole thing off.
1: Mm. Yeah, Mister Little Lee. And uh, yeah, he's like, oh, you know, you didn't, you didn't snitch me out to those guys. This is great. Why don't you come back to my house for a dinner and and we see Zuko's stomach gurgling. So he definitely needs a, a good meal. So he can't say no.
0: Yeah, his stomach's really howling, and I'm just like, I don't know how he's like not. I, just, I don't know how his muscles aren't starting to eat like themselves away. Like I
1: I couldn't <laughs> even begin to tell you. Yeah, you never know. We don't see under that outfit he's wearing.
0: That's true. We haven't seen uh, how uh, how how good looking he looks under there in a while. He hasn't done an Agni Kai in a while.
1: Oh, but once we arrive into this little, uh, his uh, parents' farmstead, we get a pretty pretty quick sense of what they might be eating there with all these little pig guys with their little hair. Uh, so I was like, oh no. I'd <laughs> hope not, but um, hey. We
0: got cow pigs, we got Sheep pigs. Uh, I think I saw chicken pig as well. Rooster. Oh, there it is, yeah.
1: Yeah, rooster pigs. A little small little rooster
0: pig. That's pretty funny. Uh, <laughs> you guys got any moisture farms around here?
1: There you go, blue milk. Zuko's really thirsty, too. He needs some blue milk. Uh, he really does in that one. <laughs> I hear it's really good for, like, the liver. Yeah, for rebuilding the uh, tissue that's been eaten by your, your hungry body.
0: Now, what was that name <laughs> I was given by Uncle Irogan? Oh, Lee. Wait, no, Lee's right here.
1: No, I am Lee. Oh, is that a secret identity that Iroh said at some point that I forgot? I
0: believe his name was Lee, unless I'm wrong on that.
1: No, that's interesting. Um, oh, but yeah, Lee kind of explains the situation to his parents, and that's when we discover that those jerks, those gambling degenerates, <laughs> that they were in fact Earth Nation soldiers. So...
0: What can I tell you? It looks like uh, on the other side of the conflict, maybe not conflict, but on the uh, on the same side that Aang's trying to be on right now with the Earth Kingdom, things aren't all in good order, as I'd say. It would seem that there are those that would take, uh, use their power, the authority they've given, given, and use it to their advantage. That's corrupt.
1: Yeah, and that kind of uh, signals a little bit of an ongoing theme at this point. Because we saw back in the Avatar State that the Earth Nation uh, General also seemed to maybe not be going the right way about things. Maybe he had a little bit of uh, corrupt methods or something. So hmm.
0: uh, the General is in like um, General Chin, correct?
1: No the uh, the General in the Avatar State the uh, the one. Who... Oh yeah,
0: the Avatar State. That's right. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, right. yes. The... It seems as though either war has gone on for too long and has made them desperate or their personalities have changed from once they started.
1: Yeah, perhaps those with a military mindset are easily you know, turned the wrong way or perhaps military career attracts corrupt, corrupt types like these guys here who are just abusing their authority to kind of rob from this small little town, powerless people in this town, so... So maybe some social commentary <laughs> could be
0: any number of things, and it's also subtle. Uh, man, I mean, I don't mean it's subtle, subtle, but like it's uh, it's it's there if you recognize it. I guess it mm-hmm. is there in the foreground, so I can't really say it's subtle. But like, it's a recurring theme. I think that people should see of yeah. like, yeah, just because you know one side is good, the other side's not good. It's like, well, another, this side of the Earth Kingdom is not exactly not too squeaky clean as they want to be, but you could also argue that they are trying to, um, justify their actions, um, correctly, but this is outright, like, ridiculous with these delinquents here and abusing their power. That's, that can't be said.
1: Mm-hmm. And it's good to show the black and white and especially with, since we're focusing on Zuko, who of course is in some ways a representative of the Fire Nation and their, uh, kind of military mindset, so we see that he's kind of maybe changing his opinions in ways and that people on the earth nation are maybe not so great either.
0: <laughs> no, that is true.
1: But then we see uh, that, yeah, this, this earth nation family take him in. They, they ask him to help with some of the work and offer him some, some food. And I guess to be able to stay with them for a while. So seems like a pretty kind family. Yeah,
0: no, seem very open to the fact. And,
1: yeah, you know what they say,
0: you, know, you work for your meal, so Zuko's yep. working at it, and uh, really working on one of such piece of the roof for a while, putting a bunch of
1: nails in there, and uh, yeah, it looks like he's never done this in his entire life. <laughs> yeah, he's, the, the dad clearly has been probably worked the same amount of time, and it's gotten way, way ahead, and... Zuko's hitting his thumb, and yeah, he's not doing so great.
0: <laughs> yeah, he took the hammer and accidentally, like you know, put a nail through his thumb. It's like eh, that's not really good. Put a nail right through Lee's uh, head. It was really terrible <laughs> to see. Yeah, I didn't like that. There's <laughs> some for some reason. It's like somewhere in like whatever the equivalent of the underworld is right now, wherever Zhao is, he's like sedating. Ah ha. This guy can't even do manual labor. I got him. I can do manual labor. Not much, but I can still do manual labor. And then you also think if Azula is like the perfectionist she is, you wonder if she's like perfect at manual labor or not.
1: Probably. She seems pretty good at everything. And speaking of uh, kind of Azula and being good at everything, we cut back because Lee's asking Zuko about his past. And this kind of triggers the first of, well, I guess actually the second flashback. Because now we discover that that woman that we saw at the start of the episode When Zuko is kind of getting a little drifty. Turns out to be his mother. And we get this pretty little scene with Zuko and his mom sitting by like a little pond. And they're playing with these cute little turtle ducks. And there was a moment here where I I really was laughing out loud. And I thought it was just hilarious. Where (laughs) Zuko's like, how about I show you how Azula feeds ducks? And he picks up a rock and just throws one on top of a little duck. Which is funny in its own right. But the funniest part is that the mom... (laughs) what comes over and just just the animation of it jumping under the water and biting him on the leg oh i thought that was so funny (laughs) she
0: did not give no rip (laughs) nor howl of like what was in her way she was like divine retribution for what just happened to her (laughs) duckling
1: (laughs) oh it's so funny (laughs) But I love the shot of them just going off of That she's got her like head high as she's leading them away like yep that's what you do <laughs> you know, these people uh, think that they they're in charge yeah you. you gotta show them who's boss <laughs> you mess with the shell you get the pill. there you go <laughs> <laughs> oh and I love they got like a little glow over the animation again again hinting it's a flashback similar to what ang
0: we saw with aang back in his uh in his early days back in the eastern air Te- sorry southern air temple pardon me um mm-hmm. we get that yeah that nice little filter of like a flashback glow which i really enjoy uh it, again mm-hmm. it, maybe i said it before but it certainly shows that there's a difference between uh present day in the past maybe that's kind of too obvious but I I don't know I, I appreciate that whenever we do flashbacks yeah. and there's a filter of some sort over it to distinguish uh, the two uh, timelines exactly
1: it's a good signifier yeah and it adds like a hazy quality too, to like oh these are like almost hazy memories for him and yeah after we cut away from that scene with the mom and him then we cut over to Azula and her little the Azula gang as it were Ty Lee and and May.
0: We get kid versions of every single person, but I guess before we go there, um, ladies and gentlemen, those in between and unaffiliated, this is Ursa, Zuko's mother, or Zuko and Azula, excuse me, mother.
1: Oh, but what do you think of the, the Azula gang here in child form?
0: Well, so obviously we see Azula being super jealous of Ty Lee being a natural acrobat. At a very young age. Again, Tylee looking adorable as a kid, Azula looking even uh adorable as well as a kid. We also see a also cute and adorable May um <laughs> with her ti- sorry, Chun-Li hair, uh with her little like uh, hair buns right there. Um trying to trying to learn the um you know do, doing her best to learn the uh, the 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 invisible violin, or uh, the air violin, excuse me. Um, even practicing in the world's tiniest violin. Hopefully she'll uh, that'll come in handy one day. And yeah. especially get, starts starts uh, plucking some strings on her air violin there when she sees Ursa and Zuko walk by. And then yeah. Azula, of course, notices this. Yeah, she, uh, she hears the love themes in the air. <laughs> yeah. May starts playing a love theme and she's like, oh yeah, I know what that means.
1: Yeah, and she starts thinking, how can I humiliate uh, my friend here <laughs> and my brother?
0: It is my job as a little sister to be the most annoying person in the world to my big, my older brother. So how can I make his life uh, a living um, uh, uh, bottom of the barrel?
1: <laughs> yeah, but I think it is important to note, and also her friend. She's like, oh yeah, this is my my buddies here I'm hanging out with. I'm jealous of one of them. My other one clear is a crush for my brother. How can I just humiliate her? See,
0: (laughs) she has something that I don't, so I don't want her to have it no more. Like, Ty Mm Lee is able to, you know, do these incredible complex maneuvers at a young age, uh, so I just push her down instead, and then laugh with her to make it, or to to laugh at her, and she thinks that it's funny. Uh, And May is obviously clearly enjoying something about Zuko, and so uh, I gotta get rid of that for her. Um, By the way, for some freaking odd reason um the way zuko's drawn like young zuko here i don't know i think he's like maybe like eight or something seven i'm not looking up like how old these kids were at this point but like they were clearly like i don't know like middle of their childhood i guess so like eight or nine So i'm going with
1: yeah i could see that yeah we're going to say he looks like uh, Sokka in some way.
0: He looks like Sokka for some odd reason. Like, go to like 70 th- or 0733 or even 30, and you'll just see, like, there's some Sokka in there. Oh, yeah. I can definitely see it. It's weird. It's a little weird, but like, and of course, Azula somehow knows uh, the right words to say to her mother and uh, gets exactly what she wants and forces Zuko to play uh, mm-hmm. with her. World Tiny. Um. Apparently, we're doing William Telling. If anybody knows that joke or that reference, <laughs> oh, oh, 757 That's uh, that's certainly a face that um, that's a that's a face. Um, she does not have an arrow, so instead she lights an apple on fire, or at least excuse me, a fruit. And um, oh, eight o'clock or eight minute mark, and <laughs> Zuko's face is dumbfounded faces like duh what's going on here oh no that's not good i gotta save her
1: yeah because yeah she puts an apple on may's head and decides hmm maybe i'll light the tip of it on fire and see how zuko reacts and zuko's merely in a panic he's like oh crap it's gonna light her hair on fire and he charges in and yeah, snatches it off but charges in like a bull and knocks them both over into a fountain i mean hey like, he had the
0: right idea, though. He was making sure that she wasn't going to get lit on fire. He had, was concerned for her safety. Azula was not concerned for her safety, and Zuko was. Zuko's a good friend, all right? Maybe more than a friend of May, but like, I don't know if May has, uh, you know, introduced him
1: to her air violin uh, yet. Yeah, and maybe uh, a better friend than both Azula and Tylee, because it turns out Azula told Tylee the plan and was like, haha, I told you it would work. And yeah, Tylee's enjoying the uh, the amusement of humiliating them as well. So hmm.
0: I mean, I don't know. She does say like they're cute together, and uh, I think Tylee's being like pretty honest about that. So I think uh, I, I don't know. I think she's she's I don't know how like awful she is in that, but obviously, yeah, she was probably her her naivete was obviously used by uh, uh used by Zula to. I guess get the better of, of Zuko, I suppose.
1: Yeah, it could be, could be, but Zuko, he stomps off just frustrated about by Zula's treatment. A, uh, and then we get another flashback section. Here.
0: Not the, uh, not the last time we'll see him do that. Or at least, you know, uh, maybe not the first time he's done it, but not the last time <laughs> he'll do it. He'll do it plenty and plenty more times throughout the series. Oh yes. Where he just stomps up, puts his hands in the air, and just like, I'm out of here. This, is, um, I'm, I'm, I'm mad. Yeah.
1: I'm
0: in a rage.
1: Oh, but then we continue the flashback as we cut over to shockingly, uh, Bossing Say, or maybe just the outskirts of Bossing Say, I should say.
0: It's the outer wall of Bossing Say.
1: Yeah. The siege. As we see, is it General or General Iro? It's General Iroh. Yes. Writing a letter back to his family, uh, and I, th- I thought this was a cool moment. I wasn't expecting. Uh, I, I forgot about this. This
0: was interesting. It's Iroh before... Well, we're going to see what happens, but it's Iroh before he lost his son um, during the siege. And he is a different man. Mm-hmm. A Well, okay, it's weird. He's... Mm-hmm. Uh, he's it's weird because he's still, like, in this brief glimpse, and I'm pretty sure this is the only time we kind of see him in these flashbacks like this. He's... For the cause, like he's he's for the belief of like you know, the Fire Nation is like you know, correct in its us in, in the in its uh globalization almost or expansion, excuse me. And um, yeah, just it's weird seeing him chuckle at the fact that Bossing say is going to be conquered and he'll be home and bring them over to it at some point, bring his uh, his, his in laws over. I'm like that's interesting
1: even jokes it's a beautiful city and uh hopefully' you'll see it if we don't burn it down exactly and they all share a chuckle
0: <laughs> yeah that's that's certainly not like and the scary part is is that that's uncle Iro's chuckle after the fact as well so it's like mm-hmm. what kind of guy was he before you know he he lost it all not in a bad way but like he he um lost everything excuse me
1: yeah, and again, I think that's one of the coolest shades of complications. Cause he's always the same man; he just has a very different uh, kind of worldview after the death of his son and
0: an outlook. Yes,
1: perhaps losing the the either the interest or the respect for this this empire and what it is, or maybe just the war effort in general. Because he still seems like he honors the Fire Nation, but yeah, maybe not this particular imperialist war effort.
0: Yes, no, but we'll get to that maybe a little bit later, but yeah, we certainly... Yeah. Um, but he uh, gives to Zu- his niece and nephew some gifts from the Bossing Sing Se. Mm.
1: Yeah, and we see a particular dagger given to uh, Zuko. That has
0: never been seen before till now.
1: <laughs> yeah, which, yeah, that that's... That could be a fair criticism. That Yeah, maybe we should have seen this before. But to be fair... Maybe this Because the inscription on it that says, Is it never give up the fight? Never give up without a fight. There we go.
0: I feel like he's pretty
1: much stuck to that mantra and in yeah. the book one. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say maybe it was some message that that he was now like giving up and that's why it's come up. And him wanting to like separate himself from Iro. But no, that's pretty much been his mantra and it seems to still be. So
0: <laughs> Yeah, no, so He certainly hasn't given up yet, especially like when he was up north. I don't know what when when he was out in the tundra and the frozen north. I don't know how he would have fought the weather that would have (laughs) would have lost. But like, (sighs) uh, whatever, anyway, but uh, uh, Zula, she gets um, a doll, Mm -hmm. the latest Earth Kingdom fashion. I don't know if that's a spinning image of Toph's mother, but we'll just continue on.
1: Yeah, and this is when we first get a sense of Azula's kind of uh her kind of cruel disregard for, for people. She makes a joke about or not even a joke, she just asks, Oh, if, if Uncle Iroh doesn't make it home, will uh dad be next in line for the Fire Lord? And she's kind of yeah, doesn't seem to be thinking that that'd be a bad thing. She's like, Hmm.
0: Let's put it this way. This I don't know if this a certain child psychologists or just psychologists in general believe that okay, I will say believe but I have theories that you know children inherit traits from their parents hmm. and we can clearly see that there's four there's this is a new nu- this is a perfect nuclear family like the spitting image of a uh, royal fa- of a nuclear family there's hmm. the husband there's the wife and there's two kids even though they're royalty um you could say that one is tied to the other and that Zuko is very much with his mother and that Azula is very much daddy's girl. And so it would seem that a lot of what Azula has inherited is whatever her dad has. And we have seen what her dad has done in the past briefly, of course, at least to Zuko. So we could only assume that she does the same. Mm. if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, that's fair, and I guess we'll explore some more of that as we see potentially how Ozai's relationship with his two kids uh, goes. But but first, we have to cut back to yeah, outside of the flashbacks as we see Zuko sleeping in the barn at this uh, this homestead. And that's when Lee decides to creep in and yeah, snatch his blades up for some play practice
0: <laughs> uh he was just doing his leak hit i you know no he looked he looks suspicious there you know why He was just luring zuko in uh the his homestead there just to get a to steal his their blades
1: oh there you go this
0: guy this absolute guy this goof what are you doing
1: yeah and speaking of a goof he looks like he's gonna completely ruin those blades He's like stabbing them right into the tr- tree trunk and like slashing at a tree with them. Maybe that seems like some pretty improper uh, use of those uh, those swords.
0: Yeah, it's broad swords. You're going to. And also, yeah, no, not only that, you got terrible form. But then again, he's a kid. What are you going to expect?
1: Probably way as much as him. You
0: know, at one moment, I'm just saying, like. I'm at uh, one moment you know i'm saying he's an absolute goofer you know playing the long game of like trying to get zuko's sword so he could steal them and s- sell them for, no. for for money which would make sense but also on the other hand like he's a kid of course he's gonna like play with swords like why not don't run with them though or else you're gonna poke your eye out at some point yeah i don't know how that would work in christmas story but you'll poke your eye out
1: yeah don't spin them next to your face you know don't <laughs> follow uh, the jedis in the, the prequels
0: Listen, if you have a Karimbit, that's that's fine they have the, the they they have the finger uh ring in there so it makes sense but like uh this not so much they don't exactly have a ring in there so it's not gonna work for them you can't troll them like they were general grievous like that also
1: those poor dandelions
0: <laughs>
1: yeah they're getting decapitated oh but zuko it turns out he was uh he wasn't fully or maybe at this point zuko's so well trained he's always kind of a light sleeper so he did detect the uh, the theft occurring and
0: I mean, you know, he only got blown up in a ship at one point. So he's got to obviously be on edge at all times. There you go. In the moment of bonus, go. since like he could a man who fear, fears death can can hear it or something like that. I don't know. Some <laughs> crate, no, s- s- Some quote like that. I don't know.
1: Yeah, and he comes out and he he's putting on a friendly routine. He's really actually really choked to see Lee, you know, damaging these swords that he stole. But he, you know, Lee invited him to his homestead. He doesn't want to get kicked out, so he, he bees nice. And he's like, okay, let me show you how to not completely destroy my, my swords there. And it works out well for, for Lee, because he doesn't realize the uh, what's really happening. He thinks it's a bonding moment. So, at least that's how I interpreted the scene. I don't know about you, but...
0: <laughs> yeah, what do you think of uh, Zuko's little speech on his swords, by the way? Uh, just like, you know, think of him, don't think of him as too... Su- like the- Two halves think of them as, well, yeah, think of them as two halves of the same blade,
1: yeah, I thought that was interesting. I thought that was an interesting way to look at, yeah, the dual dual swords kind of thing
0: I um, I was kind of thinking like is he meta is it a metaphor for himself potentially
1: oh and uh, in what way do you mean like this
0: I don't know, like I was I was like, I'm trying to read it as like, okay, is he like metaphor is this like a metaphor for himself almost. Like two halves of the same whole. Hmm. Where could we go with that in regards to Zuko?
1: Well, he's got the the scarred face, you know, the uh, the side of him that's been kind of brutalized and kind of shaped by violence. And then we have the the softer side, the kid who uh, enjoyed playing with the ducks and being with his mom, kind of thing. And yeah, maybe there's the two two sides of him.
0: And it goes back to that. I forgot to mention that of like what. Uncle Iro sends to the kids He sends the More Mischievous but yet Clearly kind hearted Zuko A knife And he gives yeah. Azula a doll What does that say about the characters?
1: Well it shows that uh, Iroh doesn't spend enough time With these two kids and he's a little bit sexist
0: <laughs> Yeah Yeah you're probably right Or the fact that uh, Given Oh I don't know Ill intentions within Azula's heart, potentially, she needs that, oh, uh, yeah. those sexist ideas of of at least feminine, uh, femininity, potentially not being so stern. And that Zuko himself may be a little bit too effeminate himself, and he needs some more masculine traits on him. Oh, no, he's one of those types, but balanced <laughs> out. I'm not saying, I'm not, yeah, I'm not saying like you know, one about ba- one edges out the other, I'm just saying, like, maybe those two need some in there, but potentially yes there could be some what you're you were mentioning before with the swords i think you're pretty much on point of what i was going to go for so i don't really say anything other than yeah it's maybe he's alluding to or doesn't even realize he's alluding to himself when it comes to hmm. uh, since he kind of could almost be considered at the halfway point because really i don't think he's had the idea of the avatar on his mind at all this episode
1: no yeah that's fair that's interesting And yeah, I didn't think about that with the swords. That's kind of cool. Yeah.
0: Yes. Let's continue on, shall we?
1: Yeah, and this is when Lee and him kind of bond a little bit, and he shares. Lee does. He's like, "Oh, I think you'd really like my brother Sensu." And yeah, we find out that his brother has gone off, gone off to join the war effort, or maybe we don't find that out in this scene actually.
0: No, it was in before where uh, he, they mentioned that like yeah, uh, Sensu was out. And uh, the fighting in the war, because they were comparing the soldiers to Sensu, who was already in the war. Oh, like, that's you know, right. Sensu's got more honor than those those thugs, you know, because he's actually on the front lines fighting, uh, whereas these thugs are coming at their doorstep right now. Surprisingly, what's going on no. there?
1: Oh, these bunch of jerks! They just got the news. They just got the mail in. Hey, guess what we found out? Oh, your son. He's been captured. Wait, you're not taking our tax dollars or they're not you're
0: not taking our money oh wow okay usually i'm i'm used to the routine of being robbed like wow okay we're fine you're just wanting to come and
1: gloat and tell us that our son is oh wait a minute you <laughs> sleazebags yeah one of the guys who's in the army that we're a part of he was captured ha 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 how do you feel about your son being captured and brutalized by the Fire Nation? Like, what a bunch of pathetic... Freeloaders. Oh, the guy even spits. Like, he looks a fat looky. Like, oh, this
0: guy. Like, these absolute goose delinquents, scruffy-looking nerf herders.
1: That's what these guys are. Yeah, they've got something coming to them. I'm hoping that Zuko will bring it later in the episode. There's some karmic justice waiting for them. They're set up to be no good,
0: dirty, rotten scoundrels right there. Oh, I tell you what, they're going to get some karma dealt
1: on them someday. I don't know by whom, but someone's yep. gonna do it yeah they even approach as if they're gonna attack the dad and zuko steps up and blocks the way and then these uh these cowardly uh soldiers make a pretty rude insinuation Where they're like why do you oh what are they what do they say again actually maybe i'm misremembering mis- mis- this it's like why are we here with this low life when we you know can be somewhere else basically yeah let me quickly uh Oh yeah, why, why bother rooting in the mud with these pigs? Yeah, how rude! That's
0: <laughs> uh, a disrespect to the pigs, man. Like, what, what are you talking about here? How dare you! Ins- how dare you use pigs as an insult? I no. take offense at that. I don't appreciate that, sir. I hope you get your face in the mud somehow. One well, of these days, you'll get it right in the kisser. And as they storm off and kick the dust up in you know everybody's faces, we suddenly. Mm-hmm cut to a flashback mm. uh, transit. No, the transition was fine. It was actually perfect. Yep. I think it was, sl- I'm going to say slightly better, but like the first one, I kind of wish that like when he had, when he was uh, hammering the nails in the, in the roofing, I kind of wish that like for once there was like a, a, um, a lens flare from like the sun reflecting off the hammer to like transition to that, but whatever it is, what it is.
1: Yeah, the, that could be fair, but I, I like the kind of direct correlation that we get with this jumping into the flashback. Because in this one, right before he we went into it, they got some news about the war effort and something going wrong with a relative of someone involved with it. And then we cut back to the flashback and it's the same thing. We found out that Iroh's son was uh, killed during the war effort. So, Lou 10 is no more. And the mom seems very emotionally moved as does Zuko. But old Azula, I mean, this kid, she's just a callous little little butt. I mean, she doesn't seem to care at all.
0: <laughs> I mean, we don't really see her reaction, so I'm not going to assume anything. Oh, we know uh, it. But if I had to
1: project and
0: it melts, I'd say she probably went into her her own room and just cackled for days. Yeah. She's probably grinning. I was like, yes, it worked. She was, she probably thought of like every either bef- beforehand. She thought of every way he, she could have killed him. And then she, after he died, she thought of every way how he could have died.
1: Yeah. I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't be shocked. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't put it past her, but that's just me. No, but yeah, as, as Zuko sits there reflecting the parents and, and uh, Lee are thinking about what they can do about their own uh, family member. And the dad decides that he has to go to the front and try to figure out what's going on and find his son. And Lee comes over to Zuko and says, Oh, like, well, my father's gone. Can you like stay? And, you know, I guess insinuating that he wants him to protect them. And Zuko's like, no, 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 no. Take my blade. I'm out.
0: <laughs> I'm not, I'm not involved. I'm not getting, uh, I'm not making a companionship. I'm not, um, yeah. I'm not forming relationships here. I'm not creating, I don't want a bond. <laughs> If I bond, that's it. That's I already <laughs> tried that with June uh, beforehand with her burnt up leg, and mm. uh, I took the saucer horse of hers. So like, I can't, I can't do this again.
1: Oh, I wish we would just did all
0: that, just unload on the kid. <laughs> oh, <laughs> wait, did I just say that out loud? Whoops. Here, <laughs> take my blade, I'm gone. Which you know, <laughs> he's like, ah, yeah, it's wait, yeah, it's important that you read the inscription. Made in the Earth Kingdom. No, the other one. <laughs> Caution. In case of fire, break glass. No, 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 no. The
1: other one, <laughs> never get up without a fight. Yeah, belonging to general Pettigrew of the Bossing Say now conquered. No, skip past that one too. <laughs> wait a minute, this
0: wasn't even wait. Bossing Say isn't even controlled by the Earth Shut up. Never mind. We don't <laughs> talk about that.
1: <laughs> but yeah, Iroh uh, Zuko, he runs on, and yeah, fleeing from this uh, these people need him who need him. And that's kind of when we see uh, how Azula's uh, callous response to the death is.
0: Agreed. Yes. No, no. Zuko's response to the news of Lee um, Lee's brother being (laughs) captured and maybe, you know, critically injured. Uh, Hey,
1: kid, here's a knife. Uh, I run away. (laughs) Real smooth there, bro. Well, look at this poor kid's upbringing. He doesn't know how how to relate to people. He's a he's a little bit of a beastie as a boy.
0: But come on, do not just assume, do not just give a kid a knife unless like you meant it or whatnot. You spent time with him more than one night with him.
1: Come on, giving a knife to a kid, that couldn't possibly go wrong. We'll find out in five minutes. Eh, You're probably right. (laughs) But Azula's talking about, oh, uncle's going to come back home. You know, he's pathetic now. His son died and he just collapsed on himself like a big loser. So and and Zuko doesn't want to hear it at all. He's completely uh he thinks she's being really insensitive and cruel. I just say I love the fact that at least in this
0: instance, Zuko loves Uncle Iroh.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah.
0: Like it just shows that, yeah, even as a kid he had high respect for his uncle. Yeah,
1: and it's nice to see the more kind of tender kind of like he feels he definitely you can see it, tell he feels for Uncle Iroh at this point. I mean again, he's
0: not scarred, so Yeah obviously like nothing has gone fully wrong with him yet
1: yeah later on he's so guarded all the time with his emotions so but then we get a really cool scene i, I really like this one where this uh, this family approaches their grandfather fire lord Azulon. and i i just like the way this plays i love the location and um yeah first they kind of what do they do first actually is that like some sort of question well first i want to say i love the fact
0: that azula just in all of her like snidiness and like which which charlie and the chocolate chocolate factory character is she? she veruca salt or um the other one violet Beauregard, i think
1: <laughs> probably uh yeah, Veruca. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's fair. The one
0: who really wants that ticket and just you know grabs it immediately. See so, yeah, she's <laughs> Veruca. Salt. I want it now. Yep. <laughs> oh golly, yeah. You're no exactly. I can I can hear the voice in my head right now. Um. Yep. <laughs> yeah, and all her like elitist attitude. I love the fact that she just outright states, like, "Oh, he's not as powerful as he used to be." I'm right. like, I want a scene with her and her dad. Like, obviously, she's spending a lot of time with her dad. I want to see her, like, with him. But now we're we're, we're still building up. You know, we can't see his face. How am I supposed to draw his face? I can't see his face at all. Darn it. He must be so private. He literally is like the Red Skull from MCU. It's just (laughs) hard to see his face for, like, the first little while. I swear he's, like, wearing a mask. What if he wears, like, a, a, a red face mask or red skull mask and he rips it off and it's like, aha, it's me. I'm perfectly fine uh but anyway as she like insinuates to her straight to her mother's face of like uh you know what uh grandfather why are not we why are we calling him grandfather or why are we not calling him grandfather he's not so powerful at all and this and that and somebody's going to probably uh, replace him sooner uh instead and this Ursa just gives like a what is wrong with that child that's like oh that's mm-hmm. <laughs> oops hey you you help create that child. Like yeah, <laughs> yeah, you gotta, you gotta, hopefully you help nurture her as well. But is that a failure on Ursa's part? I don't think so because it's not like she doesn't tend to her. but let's just say maybe one side is forcing itself out more than the other. We'll say that,
1: yeah, as we see as we cut over to the meeting with the uh, Fire Lord of he's kind of questioning uh, Oza is kind of questioning his kids on, I guess kind of uh, combat history. Uh, and poor Zuko kind of stumbles over the answer, but Azulon's just got it, <laughs> Azula's just got it programmed into her brain. This is the stuff that she just latches to, and probably her father just drills into her head constantly. hmm And then to impress the grandfather even more, he's like, give us a demonstration of the new moves you've learned. And we also get little little uh, insight as to where Azula
0: was named after uh, her grandfather. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, really? Mm-hmm.
0: Yes, it's almost like uh, someone's playing suck-up. There's two people in this room, in this fire throne room that are playing suck-up. If you know what I'm getting at.
1: Yeah, and as Azula does her little performances, we see Ozai just a smidge of his face, that so we do see his mouth. He's grinning. He's very, very pleased with his daughter's uh, yeah, performances.
0: He is so... So, like his daughter, smug.
1: She's a true prodigy, just like her grandfather for which she was named. <laughs> the amount of smugness coming off of his face, if I could see it, is probably a lot. Oh, and I love when, when Zuko steps up because he's he's feeling pretty left out. He's feeling a little, you know, pr- probably like ashamed of himself compared to his sister. So he steps up. He's like, grandfather, look what I can do, too. Uh." And Ozai's smile turns to a big frown. He's like, "Ah, crap. Here comes this embarrassing kid again.
0: Unfortunately, Zuko, um, not being confident in himself, kind of like me sometimes at the gym, um, stumbles across all his forms and stances and kind of slips on a banana peel and falls on his back.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And Ozai's face, he's just got this constant grimace. He's just embarrassed. It's like this poor, pathetic worm.
0: It's like, why? Why? I had a whole plan. I had planned this out for, like, to smooth talk him, and it didn't work. And this kid just messed it all up. Why?
1: And then he, he sees his wife go over and comfort this, this pathetic son of his. And, yep. oh, I loved watching you. And Ozai's just like, I hated watching you. <laughs> In his head. I am rolling
0: my eyes so hard that it's now two days from now. I can't even look at my wife or my son. So we'll see where that goes. <laughs> I don't do that anyways at all. And then Azulon finally speaks and questions why Ozai has, you know. Yeah, wasted his time. talk to, yeah, with the pomp, as he calls Zuko. That's not good.
1: He's like... Your son is a pathetic pup. Get him out of my sight. It doesn't say that, but that's the uh, the insinuation. Yes. So, so yeah. Then the mom hurries the other two out of the room, and Ozai comes up to and gets down to business. And it's all about Uncle Iro's pathetic failures and Ozai's. I don't know. I guess we haven't seen any victories, but he seems to think he's the superior uh, sibling.
0: So. Ozai is kissing his father's behind. So yeah. much so basically because he wants to be Fire Lord since Lieutenant has died. Oh, um, uh, uncle Iroh is no longer got a bloodline and he showed that Azula is there and shall be, mm-hmm. um, his heir basically, uh, Ozai's heir eventually. And so, you know, he, is again, try, basically making his case of like, I shall be, I want to be Fire Lord next.
1: Yep. And this does not go the way expected. Um, even though his argument was potentially fair. Azulon's just absolutely disgusted. He's like, don't you think your brother suffered enough? How dare you take this like moment to kind of raise up your own... uh, uh What's the word? Status. So... <laughs>
0: Might be out of nowhere, and I might be projecting, but can I just say, I uh, even though he is, f- you know, Firelord and probably you know leading this charge and this conqueror of this earth, can I just say that I at least have some respect for Azulon when it comes to um, family and or at least dynamics and or I get uh, I I I guess decency uh, in that. He yells. at, I mean, okay. He calls Zuko a pomp. I get it. Maybe he's a little above that. Maybe he's you know old and doesn't care about you know his family. But at least he he, he seems to have a care for Iroh. That's that's fascinating that he is a shows care for Iroh. And in fact, actually has some even mentions Lieutenant and and is angered by Ozai for bringing this whole like I will. Sh- becoming a fire Lord later on um by, you know, stating like, you know, you bring this up directly after the demise of his son, uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Iroh's son. It's like, I got to give him some credit. Like this guy actually has like, he, I don't know. He, he's he got some, uh, he knows where his, uh, I'm not going to say his heart, but he's, he's at least got some uh, things going on for him.
1: Oh yeah. He's grossed out. I mean, it's pretty, uh, pretty pathetic behavior from Ozai. Very opportunistic. I mean, it looks so. like
0: again, Ozai may have potentially been second handed almost. Mm. If that makes sense. And maybe he doesn't read the reason he doesn't like Zuko is because Zuko was first born, you know, who was also first born, Iroh. Why does he like Azula so much? Because he's the second born.
1: Oh, there you go. Maybe, maybe not.
0: i do not like going anywhere, but you know, just, just thought. But yeah, this is, uh, there certainly seems to be consequences in Ozai's future should he, um, given his, his belief at least, or give, given his speech. At least what he sa- at least what Ozai, or uh, was saying, excuse me, that there is a punishment that will
1: be equal to what you have stated. Yeah, and we do see that the two children were listening in at this, this little meeting, and...
0: Yeah, somehow Ursa didn't know where they went.
1: Yeah, as we cut back to shortly afterwards... We see Zuko in bed and Azula comes in and says, oh, well, I was listening to some more details and it turns out I found out what dad's punishment's going to be. He's got to kill you. So. So we got to wonder how, how truthful that is. I mean, I, I'm not sure at this point.
0: Well, looks like it's the old uh, Abraham and Isaac story.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I guess I guess so. I guess so.
0: Uh, sort of, I don't know if Azulon is God Well, I guess if in in this case, Azulon is God So yeah, technically it is the old Abraham-Isaac story
1: Yeah, and Zuko doesn't believe her He's trying to block out the ideas But she just keeps hammering it Until their mom arrives And she's like, Azula, what are you saying? Like, why have you disturbed Zuko so much? And we see Zuko repeating a mantra of Azula always lies, Azula always lies And that's how we transition back Of course Maybe you
0: should have. That was the others, uh, never give up with a, without a fight and uh, Azula always lies.
1: <laughs> there you go, yeah. Steve Moffat stole that for his uh, fifth season of Doctor Who with The Doctor Always Lies. <laughs> a line that I always hated, but <laughs> anyway, not to get into Doctor Who. But <laughs> um, And we see that he's awoken, sitting on his little, uh, I guess he's talking in his sleep, really. Until that mom arrives in her carriage. Uh, Lee's mom. Come to tell in the news that Lee's been kidnapped by the soldiers. Where I guess,
0: or at least uh,
1: held prisoner by the soldiers for pulling a knife on them. Yeah, and I guess they're planning to just forcefully. Uh, what's the word when they do that? Just uh, draft, conscript, conscript. Thank you. That's the word I'm looking for. Yeah, conscript him into the army. That's pretty. I
0: mean, hey, their their uh, their logic doesn't lie. You know, a kid pulls
1: a knife; seems like he's old enough to fight. <laughs> Yeah, they didn't make the dad go, but I guess they made his son go, maybe. I don't know. Yeah,
0: that's true. I I thought Sensu uh,
1: intentionally volunteered, like, willingly volunteered. Maybe this is like Mulan. They go to the village, and they're like, all the eligible men have to uh, join the army. Well, how come the shopkeeper didn't go? Maybe he's got a bum leg.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That is is a reasonable... uh... That's a reasonable justification for not going. Let's say, uh, okay. <laughs> so then, how come the ha- So then, you're saying that half the village men are all got bum legs.
1: Oh, I got flat feet, you know. Oh, my lungs. I can't breathe in some swamp air, you know. I gotta. Have you seen my bunions recently? <laughs>
0: I got toe fungus as well. Ah, we'll use, we'll cut off your foot and use it as ammo, ammunition
1: for the enemy. We haven't thought of biological warfare. Yeah, we need another episode with that old man from uh, Return to Omashu, and we'll have all these group people like, how do we avoid the draft? He's like, do what I'm doing. I've been doing it for years. <laughs> Being old?
0: <laughs> nah, stupid. I was in that war years ago. Of course, I retired after that. Wait, so we get in there and then we just quick, quickly retire? Yes. Okay, that's a good idea. Or, you know, use purple
1: pentapox. That's that's a good idea. Oh, there you go. That's what they got out of it.
0: Yeah, I heard a town had that, though. I think I heard Omashu um, had that. Maybe we can get that as well. Yeah, heard it's
1: like 70% uh, fatality percentage. Oh, golly. I don't even want to know what the f- infection rate is. Oh, but we see that, yeah, this mom is breaking down in Zuko. He doesn't even argue. She, she even mentions, like, oh, he had this knife, and I don't know where he got it from. And Zugo's face has, like, this awkward look, like, oh, crap.
0: <laughs> uh, oh, boy. Um, really hope you didn't hear me talking in my sleep there. And uh, if any secrets of this, didn't hear any, uh, any of my secrets that I keep in there.
1: <laughs> and she looked really confused when he started going, knife? Oh, who would have a knife? That's crazy. Who would give a child a knife? Like, I haven't had any knives. Yes,
0: uh. as he... Gets his uh pushes his broadswords away behind his back,
1: <laughs> kicks them on under his uh, yeah, ostrich horse. He yeah. just like quickly grabs them and
0: just like sh- throws them away, just like, oh, I don't know nothing. And then like one lands like near a pig or something like that, or like a pig's trying to get at like a pumpkin or some other like vegetable that they're trying to eat and they can't <laughs> like grab there. It's really like heavy and not it, they can't like chew through it, and all of a sudden, like, the swords come out of the sky and they like slice through them perfectly and it's like ah hey, yeah yay, free yeah now we can eat
1: yeah but after that scene this is where we get the old showdown at sunset <laughs> there you go
0: yeah <laughs> i couldn't do that last line uh last note sucked i'm sorry
1: <laughs> it's tough we see him riding in and lee's immediately excited they've even gotten tied to like a post these guys are pretty jacked up yeah
0: so. I don't know if they're doing like a public execution here or something like that like are they waiting for his conscription or are they' they just literally waiting for this guy because they kind of figured like ah this doesn't look like something they like these guys didn't have it on them before, so I'm gonna assume it came from this guy this here stranger but hey, they probably
1: been beating him like this is what happens when you mess with us and beat kids up
0: <laughs> I mean. I don't see any lacerations or signs of trauma from these guys on the kid yet. Maybe they'll do that afterwards. They're just like, ah, we'll wait. We'll, we'll save our energy for this guy. Cause if we waste all this RNG on this kid, this guy will come in with like full on energy and we'll get, uh, we'll get scrumped. So it's like, we don't want that. Yeah,
1: and this is, this is the confrontation scene where Zuko says the word that you said before, calls them freeloaders and bullies. And they definitely don't seem to like that. So, so fight ensues.
0: I mean, the question is that how much is Zuko saying about them or about himself?
1: Oh, yeah. Hmm. I mean, talk about a freeloader, the blue spirit the <laughs> routine.
0: I don't know. To be fair, I don't think Zuko really... Well, okay, hang on. Did he... He only used okay, so he used Grand grand as an example of like this is how old she is, but he never like took her prisoner, but then again he was willing to burn a village to the ground so like yeah yeah I don't know if uh Yuzuko's using the same words as what he once did, so I can't even know i I couldn't even tell you
1: oh and I think that some of this episode is kind of yeah having to deal with who he is and when he hears about the firebenders capturing sensu it's got this look of like like oh no like in in some ways i feel complicit for this so and then him at the end here during this fight when he finally i mean it's skipping a little bit when he finally like lets loose and tells his name and kind of owns who he was i think that's another moment of him kind of taking responsibility for yeah for what the impact of the fire nation's been but for before the fight itself i'm assuming you have some uh some things to say here <laughs> well here's here's the thing like i feel i gotta
0: ask you this is like this is a you know classic thing when it comes to either samurai or cowboy films uh the western film excuse me is that you know the whole movie really is this like it's a build-up like the entire mm-hmm. concept of like a samurai and western film is that it is an absolute like build up towards the fight at the end like you look at any of those films i don't want to like just dis- deconstruct them or whatnot i'm like this is me praising them for pit sakes is that mm-hmm. it is a and it is lauded by people as being classics like film critics love cowboy like western films i don't know if they oh, like yeah. all of them but they like you know some of the ones that you know do things differently or at least go above beyond what their genre is but like so again it's you know Westerns in America were like the superhero films of the day. Uh, I don't know if there was like a cinematic universe of them though. <laughs> That's a different story, <laughs> but usually you had, I mean, again, I mean, cowboys are like the proto typical or like the pre superheroes in a way, because you have in like every Clint Eastwood film or any other cowboy films, you have um, the bad guy. And then you have, you know, the clearly good guy. Maybe they're not like, you know, straight good, but you, you know what I mean, right? You have the good and the bad guy. Yeah. And then from there, you have like them, you kind of either get their motivations or you you throughout the film, you get both of them like talking to each other and you you see like maybe they're differing views on, on certain uh, issues and topics at hand and whatever that may be but you just get these stare downs between both of them, like the eyes. What is it about? Like the fact that we, it's less motion and we just something about the eyes, like critics love, they just just love it when like, you know, people give looks, especially with cameras as well. Like when the camera looks at the eyes as well, it's, it's so weird. It's so fascinating. It's like the minimal use of like movement that actors do when it comes to Westerns versus like what action Movies and superhero films do nowadays. It's so fascinating why, I guess, less is more. Like that that old saying is true: less is more. Um, superhero films learn from that. <laughs> the, the the um yeah the, the uh, what, what it was the majority of them, excuse me. Um, but I would think that a film series, uh, a film genre, film genre, excuse me, that really like look at um, these two characters that are going to fight in the very end. You'd think like, you know, the buildup to this would be so like awesome that the fight scene would be just as good, which I think it delivers uh, mm-hmm. and, and is I want to know what your thoughts are on everything that I've said.
1: Oh, I, I, I definitely agree. And I, I think that um, one of the maybe one of the downsides in this particular episode is we spend so much time on Zuko's kind of um, his own journey and backstory that these guys are just kind of. Just kind of cardboard cutout villains. They're kind of stereotypes. We really don't know anything about their motivations. And we do definitely see they've been big jerks. And so the buildup of him taking them down is, is satisfying in, in that way. And I do think he, the way that he takes them down is quite good too. Um, but, but I don't know. For whatever reason, some of the action stuff... It just doesn't do as much for me for whatever reason. I'm not even sure why. Um, like these... Until we get to the main guy, the other guys Zuko just kind of, you know, squashes him, which is satisfying in its own way too, but I don't know, maybe I wish there was something a little bit more there, but
0: I mean, you always got to have the ads slash the, the, the red shirts, the mooks, whatever you want to call it, like, you know, just the, the whatever, the hired help, I, I don't know what you'd call
1: it. Just, yeah, the jobbers.
0: <laughs> there we go. That's what it is. You always got to have the jobbers to, like, show that, you know, he's incredible like how how great he is at it Mm -hmm. um
1: i like seeing the town all coming together and being inspired like oh finally these guys who've been kicking us around mistreating us for ages and we've been completely powerless against them these strangers come to town and he's kind of inspiring us to stand up for ourselves in a way or at least showing us that we could stand up
0: yeah which you know Magnificent Seven talked about.
1: <laughs> yep, absolutely.
0: That at least like went into that. This obviously does not, uh, as we get when we get to the ending. But um, I I kind of wish we had a callback. Now I could be wrong. I could I could be missing it completely. But I wish we there was a callback. Back to episode two. Back back to episode two of book one. And if you don't remember, it was when. Saka first attacked Zuko with that spear and Zuko did that really cool like oh. um form where he like has his arms out uh horizontally and he like uses them both to like break this like he kind of almost catches it quickly and he breaks um this the this, the the this stick under the spear itself I wish he had done that with these uh long poles <laughs> Uh, oh, this, these pole arms, excuse me. I wish he had done that. That would have been so like, oh, that, that's a subtle, That that's a subtle um, callback right there. That's a subtle callback if it was. But the closest thing I can think of is he kicks a, uh, he kicks one of the pole arms with his leg mm-hmm. or his foot and just, I mean, it breaks. And the guy goes running away and runs away, even though that stick is still usable in fact it might just be as bad because it's splintered now so like you could still stab somebody with that and it could do a lot of damage but i mean yeah. i love i love the fact like when he takes down that one guy literally like puts his face in his in, it, or puts his hand right in his face and just like pile like shoves him right down like that's that's empowering right there
1: yeah and i, I actually really do love it once the uh once we do get to the, the kind of the big bad mr hammer all the shots of of zuko just completely like brushing away the rocks with his swords i think a lot of that stuff looks really cool too like the side view
0: well it doesn't brush all the rocks away yeah
1: Yeah. um uh what was it
0: the uh it's funny with with the with the hammer dude i thought he wasn't an earthbender. I i had forgotten he was an earthbender and then he started bending. And I was like, Oh, this is cool that we see a guy with hammers, use them in combat with in conjunction with earthbending. that's hmm. pretty cool. And it pretty much makes yeah. sense. Um, you know, hammer rock make kind of makes sense. Um, what'd you think of the old man, the, uh, the lady where he's like,
1: give him a <laughs> left. It's not a fist fight. Go left sword. Don't he?" Yeah. I thought that was pretty fun. It's pretty fun. <laughs> Yeah, but Zuko doesn't, like, I know mean, he deflects almost all the rocks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, until the big, big blow that kind of knocks him out and knocks him back into a flashback. And we see kind of the, his kind of last interaction with his mom. But she tells him, because she, I guess, knows that whatever coup is happening is happening. And she tells him, you know, never, never forget who you are. Stay true to yourself. And then she leaves him. Hey, what now? Like, what are you, what are you talking about? <laughs> go for him or (laughs)
0: no no no. what do you what do you what word did you say what was that did I hear a coup uh
1: oh are you doing your no spoilers thing again
0: (laughs) no I don't even know what you're talking about I'm just like what's going on here like he wakes up in a stupor and his mom's like yeah I I will always love you forever which make which Mm -hmm. was redundant excuse me but I will always love you and never forget who you are and then leaves with her hood cloaked um, before we get to that, we go back to the fight and an enraged Suko is like, I'm not having this. Remember who you are? And just does a breakdance spin kick and, uh, shows that he's a firebender. Yep. And the look on Lee's face is priceless.
1: Yeah. And yeah, that's, that's pretty much like the end of the fight <laughs> yeah he he then fire bends through the guy's earth bending
0: after he loses his, looks like he's nothing without his hammers and does basic stuff without him and yeah gets like what do you call it he gets like just thrown back into a brick a building and you know debris falls on him and
1: that's it yeah and it's interesting that his blades are they're kind of sizzling like he was also using them as a tool for his bending just like the uh that was pretty cool Malakai was and that's when he announces who he is to the whole village. And Everyone's like, what?
0: We're not a prince, you're an outcast. You're your father burned and disowned him. Yeah, yeah.
1: And I like Zuko. He doesn't even look ashamed. He just looks over like, okay. <laughs> like, yep, that's me. Say what you will. I'm owning it now. Yep. And he still goes and returns the blade, even though Lee has no interest and even says, I hate you and refuse to take it. Yeah.
0: Just like a one eighty, like just completely like everything, all the buildup, every, every like little bit, uh, every little bit of character that we may have had or bonding that we had together all gone just because now you know who I am. And from there we get a flashback.
1: Yeah. And things are getting kind of creepy in this flashback. We see Azula. She's playing with, with uh zuko's blade from iroh and she seems pretty amused like she knows something that zuko doesn't know which again makes makes you wonder about this this kid here and kind of what role she plays with with and you were saying that we never we
0: don't know if we we could assume that uh, i i presume that azula was not a nice person (laughs) like when we first were introduced to her and not book one but in book two excuse me formally excuse me um yeah, you assumed that I didn't like her, or that that I was unjustified in not liking her. How dare you, sir? It's almost like she wants to. But let's transition there. Uh, it's almost like she wants to always know something that Zuko doesn't.
1: Yeah, and she. Uh, yeah, she's just like, oh yeah, you know, Grandpa died last night, and yeah, and she again, she seems to know maybe more about what happened than uh, she's letting on, and she definitely knows at this point. Like, oh, you're not gonna have your little your little uh, crutch here to help you anymore. Mom's gone, and I'm gonna be doing whatever I want with you now. So she doesn't she even seem bothered by the fact that mom's dead. She's just like, well, at this point it seems like she could have pulled a knife on her or something with the way. Uh, she's
0: probably. Acting. Yeah, you never, you never know. You you could never know. There's there could be there could be like Azula said back in episode one with uh in book one excuse me or book two excuse me uh where you know there's a there's a plot to discredit or plot to usurp Ozai of his throne it's the same thing there's a plot to kill uh Azulon instead um and somehow his mother was involved I don't know I've that's what she's but man she always lies Zuko confused still even after being told that Azulon passed away last night again Nonchalantly says that, by the way, like, oh, yeah, and uh, grandpa passed away last night. It's like, excuse me now, like, my grandfather passed away this year, and like, it hurt, but I was also very, like, happy that he had passed away in the fact that he was now in a better place, hopefully, um, and that he had an absolutely wonderful, happy life. Um, so hopefully that didn't sound grim or anything. I'm sorry, sorry if it did, but like. Um, I mean that in the best way of like I'm I'm happy that he passed away peacefully. Anyway, um, but yeah, he 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 runs rushes away from this this room and then goes into uh, the pond where his uh, we first saw him and his mother together in that first flashback and asks oh, his father where is it, where is she and um, cut to a uh, ceremony a funeral.
1: Yep, and it seems like there's been a big, huge 180. We saw Zulon being like, "Oh, you know, I'm, I'm giving it. I'm gonna keep giving it to to Iroh and you're gonna be punished for this." But now, all of a sudden, Ozai's the the Fire Lord makes you. Uh, yeah, it seems pretty obvious there was some sort of foul play uh, going on there. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, as we see the the swearing in ceremony, we see Zuko's very kind of disturbed look. He doesn't seem happy about this kind of situation at all, but Azuka, she's loving it. Azuka. But Azula, she's loving it. <laughs> Azuka.
0: <laughs> Who's that? I'm not going there. Uh, that's that's not <laughs> a lot on here. That, but that's what if you think it's what it is, it's, yeah, it's right there. <laughs> oh,
1: no. It exists. Oh, geez. What a misspeak. <laughs> Hail Fire Lord Ozai. That's all I got to say. My new leader. I love this guy. Can I just say I love
0: uh their their looks by the way all their uniforms uh yep. their white garbs that's awesome
1: yeah it looks pretty cool
0: yeah it is a i believe it is a chinese i think i've said this before but it is a chinese tradition or a certain cultures in china excuse me uh where they would wear white to a funeral and yeah i kind of wish that was like that over here in north america but that's not always
1: the case because that would be uh i'd be looked at weirdly Oh, but as we, we finally arrive at the end of this uh, suddenly very long episode, I just noticed, um, we see Zuko kind of leaving the memory and being almost driven out of town. I mean, no one's directly threatening him as far as I can see, but everyone's got weapons. Yet. And he's marching out <laughs> looking pretty surly. So, so too bad. He helped out this village. They don't care at all. Just Just get out of our sight. His head was hung low. And there we are at the end. Loss, well, so what did you think of this one? Can I say, sucker for the classics. Hmm. Yeah, I think this one's, yeah, I think it lives up to its reputation. Animated very well. I love all the flashbacks. And and even though, it, you know, of course, it's always too bad not to see our, our Team A, it was really nice to get a, a very Zuko-focused uh, episode. First time
0: we have not seen Team A. I didn't make that clear in the beginning. Mm. Uh, None of them present for this episode at all.
1: Yeah, and of course this was JM, I should say JM Animation. I just saw the credit there. Yes, uh,
0: it was it was good old JM always doing good work there.
1: Yeah, but definitely excited to see where Zuko is going to go after this in the future. But yeah, thanks again for for coming on for this one and for anyone who's listened to this. Still very much enjoying book two of I'll say book two when I went through this the first time was my favorite season, so definitely been savoring going through this stuff. Yes. Yes indeed. It's we're only in episode seven, by the way, everybody.
0: That's uh that says something about this. Yeah. We
1: are taking our sweet, sweet time. Yep. Yeah. Oh, but hope you all enjoyed it. And uh any any final words from you? If you and your partner are going to have a child, however, by any means,
0: of course, you have a child and they turn out like a Zula. Do you still love that child? Do you still nurture that child like you would any other, as as any other parent would? Or would you do something to them to get rid of that ill intention and become ill intent yourself? Till next time.
1: This section of the podcast contains spoilers for all seasons of Avatar The Last Airbender and The Legend of Korra.
2: Spoilers?
1: Enter at your peril.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You're next, please! Please! You're next, we're in danger! Please, listen to me! Something terrible!
0: Rike, I hope what you're doing, I hope the movie you're making is literally what I've wanted for for the past, oh goodness, what is it now? 12 years? Pretty much. Of adapting the comic, probably the story, the idea though, maybe not fully the comic, but the story that you had in mind for, of uh, what transpired the night of what Ursa did to Azulon. And the fact that it was, she had a hand in his death. Oh, I hope spoilers for you. I hope that that's what we get and that you don't hold back. I'm not saying where R, are, but it's a mature rating. Like it's, it's mature. Um, Cause man, that's, uh, that's what we, that's what fans have been wanting. And we never saw that Got a lot. You can get any. And I hope you develop her character a little more as well. Because, uh, you know, what we can see is... And, and the relationship she has with her husband. Can you do that in an hour and a half movie? I'd say do true. Try try a two hour movie. See what you can do. Maybe that'd be a little too long. I have no idea. <laughs> I think a lot of fans would just be like, not enough Aang. It's like, well, it's kind of a Zuko story more than it is an Aang story. Other than the fact that... Uh, you know, that's kind of his granddaughter of uh, of Roku, excuse me, of the Roku side. I mean, so, yeah, I just spoiled a whole lot.
1: <laughs> well, I'll be going to the spoiler section if I, yeah, yeah of course, how much I can actually keep for this one because, <laughs> yeah, it's gone so insanely long. Wow.